a lot of great companies take care of their people that are exiting the business, but they're not really thinking about how to take care of the people who are staying behind, Interesting. who, who are left. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, Upwest, and Hippo Insurance. Welcome to episode 177. We have Amy Davis with us, the founder and CEO of First 30 Inc. Amy is the founder and CEO of tech startup First 30 Inc., offering advanced onboarding and outplacement services to businesses. She is the author of A Spark in the Dark, Illuminating Your Path to a Brilliant Career in the Reorg World. Before establishing First 30 in North America, Amy lived in the UK and Europe, working with global organizations including Unilever, Mars, and Granger. She possesses unique expertise in understanding the impact of corporate economic flux on individual outcomes. Amy Davies, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to do this. I am extremely excited to do this because I think that what you're doing is so, so relevant to to the unfortunate events that have occurred in 2020. Yeah. Uh, now, the interesting thing is that, you know, I, I was watching a lot, of the, a lot of the content about First 30 or startup to help both the onboarding and outplacing of employees. And a lot of it, uh, so I saw, for example, a video from September of 2019 talking about how relevant it is to help people as they transition to different jobs. And I, then I can't help but reflect on March and April of 2020 with yeah. the massive layoffs and how how difficult that was and, and thinking that there, there are now these platforms like First 30, which make it easier, especially emotionally for, for the individuals, not, not just for the company or the individuals are, I know, the focus, especially in your work. Uh, but before we get to, to that, I'd love to hear a little bit about you. Where do you come from? I know you're in Toronto, but, but where does your journey start from and how do you get to work in the space of onboarding and outplacement of employees? <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. I started my journey, I guess, I started, I studied sociology in university. I was always really interested in people and groups of people and how they function. And then um, I went and moved to Europe for about six years after graduation. I wanted to live in a different society. I wasn't brave enough to go somewhere where I didn't speak the language, but I did live in England. And actually for a short time, I also lived in a very small town in Switzerland, oh, wow. in uh, Gimmelwald, Switzerland. Yeah, I was an au pair for, for a summer up there and it was amazing. But uh, I lived in, and worked in England and traveled all around Europe a number of times actually. Uh, and I started working in market research. And I actually read a book called um, What Color Is Your Parachute? And that book, I mean, people laugh because it's like supposed to tell you, spit out what you're supposed to do. And it was so accurate for me. And I got into, I actually, this was an interesting story. I started working at Unilever. I was a, a, I was, um, a temp employee. I got that job through a friend who said, Unilever is the best place to be a temp. I'm going to get you in there. So it's great to have a, a good network. And then I was typing menus. I, I typed the menus for the cafeteria. And I did a very bad job, actually. <laughs> I, I, uh, anyway, I really loved the, uh, I loved the company. And the minute I walked in, I'm like, I belong here. I love the people. And I started applying for jobs internally there in research because it's when I, and so there was a, a job on the strategy team. 
And I got it. And actually, there was a really tough competition for the job. But I think it was just because um, I and this is what I always tell people is make sure not not just networking with your external uh, uh, network, but also networking internally in your at your job. So within a few months, I started work, go, went from typing menus to doing strategy for for the future of the business. Wow. And so that's where it kind of began. And then over the years, I had different market research jobs. I came back to Canada and started working for companies here. I worked for Rogers, for Mars Wrigley, and then I also worked for Granger Canada. And, you know, really enjoyed it, but always had this idea that I wanted to help people with their careers. Every business I worked with, uh, beginning with Unilever, all had mass restructures when I was there. And I saw the um, emotional toll it took on people. And, uh, and even the people that didn't leave, having survivor's guilt, uh, staying and not really trusting the organization anymore. I think one big miss for companies right now is they take care of people uh, that they're, a lot of great companies take care of their people that are exiting the business, right. but they're not really thinking about how to take care of the people who are staying behind, Interesting. Who, who are left. Yeah, because their productivity is affected, their commitment to the business is affected. Right. And people fundamentally, and I learned this when I did market research, we feel most unwell, and we're seeing it with COVID right now, when we feel out of control of our own outcome. Mm. That impacts our well-being so badly. And when organizations go through change, what happens is people think they don't have control over their own outcome. So one of the most important aspects of doing the type of work that I do is making sure people understand how they can take control back. That's so and fascinating. I have to say that because I, I was reading the other day for, I guess, the third or fourth time, the letter that the CEO of Airbnb sent to to their employees, right, when they had the massive layoffs. And and. And I was so impressed with how they were dealing with the communication and over communicating mm-hmm. and make and making it a reasonable, you know, expectation experience for the employees. And I never stopped to think about how it impacts the other employees that are staying. You know, the, during right. since COVID, all the media has been talking about is how the leaders are communicating externally to the ones who are leaving and taking care of them. But I don't think there's been any real coverage about how employers are looking internally and 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 uh, working about working on the culture so i think it's it's a really fascinating thing that you're bringing up here Mm -hmm. yeah and i i agree with you we just sort of assume people will just snap back but i've been through so many restructures and sometimes my role has been affected it's always been affected in the sense i've changed teams changed leadership not always lost my job but uh, I see that even six months, a year later, people still talk about that day when their colleagues were laid off and they have a lot of pain associated with that and the insecurity around it. Right, right. Okay, so, you, so you've gone through these mass restructurings, which is obviously an inevitable part of many, many companies. It's also a natural part as companies progress and they pivot and they, and they have to change strategy. And, and then how do, you, how do you come to this? idea for for first 30 because companies have been mm-hmm. onboarding and outplacing employees for hundreds of years right i mean this is a the natural thing to do <laughs> in the economy so, yes so where does this where does this idea come from yeah well i want to 
just point out that I agree with you there. It is natural. Companies need to restructure. So I, I do believe that companies need to do this. And I do also believe there's right ways and wrong ways to do it. Um, and I talk about a lot about the fact and part of the title of my book is all about living in a reorg world. Right. So um, what happened with First 30 was I was put through two different outplacements over the course of my career. And I thought, wow, this is so great to be given the service. But the whole time I thought, oh, there's something different we can be doing. And then, of course, I naturally did what I do best was I did, started researching. And I found out how expensive, first of all, the outplacement companies were for uh, for businesses. So com outplacement companies can charge anywhere from about $3,000 to about $15,000 per employee. Whoa, I don't think whoa, a lot whoa. of people are aware. No, that's yes. crazy. Wait, and what, then, what, what, what do they do, these outplacement companies? Like, what so is the role in there? All kinds of, yeah, there's all kinds of different things. So people can get together for uh, group sessions to come in and have a presentation on a topic like uh, branding yourself or uh, networking, all kinds of different topics. They can get their resume reviewed. They can have a coach um, work with them. But then when I would, so the coach is what is costing the uh, company the most money, that one-to-one -one personal coaching. And employees, so they're exiting employees. I know this because I did research with dozens of people. I'm like always the phone a friend for anyone who loses their job. So I, I spoke to, and I of course uh, treated it like a research project and I had my list of questions. And so the way that the personal coaches were described to me was what that they were kind of formulaic in their approach and that the person didn't really get their industry, they didn't get their work level, and they didn't really get them as a person. Right. So that was one of the things they said they were most excited about, about these programs, but it, it's what disappointed them the most um, because of their expectation was so great. So that's when I thought about how could I put together a program that had a lot of virtual components that felt very, uh, that gave them a strong connection with it uh, and also took them along a journey. But, and the other thing that there was a big point, pain, pain, sorry, same <laughs> <laughs> point, a bloop, you could do a little blooper reel from this. I guess you're putting it all in. You don't edit, right? <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Uh, yeah. The other um, pain point, was that when they get on online portals, because a lot of these businesses set up online portals, it was like a resource dump. So there was all these resources, but and then you know you're stressed and anxious. So the way that I organized First 30 was very thoughtful. So it's so clear. If you've got a job interview, you know exactly where to go in that program to get the help that you need. Um, but we also do all of the same things that these outplacement businesses do. We do um, resume reviews. Uh, we have a great resume expert, she, Kamara Tafolo, and she actually does like videos and she'll re review people's resume on video and wow. then it will be sent to them so they can see exactly what they need to do to change. And they always have that video saved. Um, and so I really try to find the best of the best. It's really important to me to work with the very, very best people and provide the absolute best service. It just so happens because of the approach we've taken, we can also do it at a fraction of the cost 
mm. of traditional outplacement. Companies. So just so that I, yeah. so just for the high level sake, the the idea behind First Thirty is an alternative to these uh, very expensive outplacement companies that uh, an organization that is going through a restructuring or layoffs uh, or onboarding they can come to First Thirty, which is an online platform that is uh, personalized to the person who's going through the the layoff or the onboarding, and gives them personal resources, whether it be finding uh, doing their own branding, their resume revamp, uh, understanding what other opportunities there are, and understanding, I'm guessing, the, the whole way of how, how this is going to happen, right? Because I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of questions for somebody who's getting laid off. How do you, mm-hmm. like, what, like, what's going to happen with my compensation? How, like, what do I have to take care of now, right? Yeah, so there's not a lot on the compensation part because we are not uh, lawyers. And so it's really important that if they have those types of questions, there's all kinds of lawyers that they can contact. And that is what I would recommend to people um, if they feel like they're, uh, they need to review that with their employer. Um, But we do give them all kinds of, so it starts kind of at the beginning of the journey, like how they must be feeling Right away, they meet our uh, clinical psychologist, uh, Dr. Mary Lynn, who's in the program, and she talks to them about how to kind of move forward. It's all about moving forward and taking control, taking care of your well-being, but also growing as a professional. So a huge part and, of it. And we run... Go ahead. Sorry, I was, the only thing I was going to add is every two weeks or so, we also run webinars. I'm always there. Sometimes I bring in an expert guest. And I love the way that you do this because this is the way we do our webinars. We're talking with each other. I'm trying to open it up now so they can start, the the audience members can start contributing. So we do these all the time. And uh, they're very organized because there's a very clear purpose and clear outtakes, but they're also very open. And I've been there. So I'm not like, I'm not talking at anybody. We're having a conversation together. And that's kind of the beauty of the programs. Right. And and it's all about the individual at the end, right? So one of the things also, and I'm, I think that it's part of the focus in your book, is this idea of individual empowerment and and not just looking at it from an organizational perspective, but looking at it as how each individual is going to is going to go through this either a difficult process of outplacement or or the, the happy but complicated process of onboarding, right? Yeah, the book itself, the book is called A Spark in the Dark, Illuminating Your Path to a Brilliant Career in a Reorg World. So the the book has been published. That's on Amazon. It's also for people, for companies who register their employees in the program. It's in the program, too. The audio edition is actually being launched to the public in September. That book. Thank you. That book is all about um, really what the world looks like. Today, what the career world looks like, of course, COVID has had a huge impact and the book was written before that, but it actually is a great book to read when you're going and you're really trying to make, uh, have a successful career in this world, because that's precisely what I'm talking about. It answers the question, how do you have a successful career when you're losing or changing your job every two to three years? Because nobody's doing it for you. You, uh, we, I always hear this being said that no one cares more about your career than you. Right. So you better take the helm and do something because it's not just going to happen. And I fear that I always make the joke that the next book that I'm going to write is how to raise kids other people like, because likability is so strongly connected to your career outcome. 
But I think so many people are going into the corporate world and with very loving parents who have told them that they're really good at so many things. And I fear that they're going out there and finding out that it's, you know, we may be special to our loved ones, but we're not going to be treated like we're special in the world. And because being special, it's, it is special, right? Like you're different than everybody else. And of course we all have our unique abilities. We're special to the people we love, but we're not necessarily special. If that makes sense. I hate to say that it's such a gloomy, but (laughs) when you get out in your career, that's one of the first things that people realize is that you got to do the tough work. I've done it, you know, Uh, I'm sure you're doing it. Like you're in school, you you're starting a career, like you're doing the tough slog to get there. It doesn't all happen overnight, right? Right. So what are some of the, the key insights that you've gained over the past uh, over the past few years work, uh, understanding this ecosystem? So as you know, mm-hmm. as a young entrepreneur myself going on my journey and a lot of my friends who are running companies, what are some key things that we need to keep in mind from an, a leadership perspective on the whole sure. process of, of onboarding and outplacing employees, except, of course, from using First 30 as an aid for our, for, <laughs> for our uh, people? Yeah, well, I do think that you have to consider the benefits when you uh, onboard your employees very well, your intention, your retention will be a lot higher. That's proven in research um, that com- uh, employees stay longer. They're more productive right away. And it will help your overall employer brand both to onboard really well with excellence and to treat the employees that are leaving really well. It's a very, very small world. I'm sure you're finding that, especially doing all these shows. I mean, your world just keeps getting smaller and smaller. Uh, I think it's great. But I would say make sure that you treat people well, because it will have a, a real financial impact on your business when you don't. So when I work with suppliers, uh, even I make sure that I pay my suppliers what they're worth, I don't, you know, I don't try to to get them down to pricing because why wouldn't I just pay if it's a quality service and, you know, they're an entrepreneur just like me. I work with a lot of other entrepreneurs to have built the First 30. Anyone who goes to the First 30 website, it's first30ready.com, will see the beautiful branding on the website. And that isn't me. That's my designer, James White. And he and I have an amazing relationship. And the developers did a fantastic job. And I do think that it's how you treat people just in general, whether you're there, your employees or your suppliers, and to um, pay them what they're worth. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps. And it's not specifically about onboarding and outplacement. But any entrepreneur going, going out on their own, do not cut corners when it comes to how you uh, pay people and how you treat them because um, it, the work will just be better, right? right? So obviously you're a researcher yeah. at heart and, and it exudes from the, from the conversation and from your journey. <laughs> what do you see as sort of the future of, of onboarding and outplacement, let's say in, in 10, 20 years? Do you think that the workforce is going to continue at the trajectory of, you know, every two to three years you change jobs, especially in the tech ecosystem? Or, or do, you, do you expect some, some radical shifts due to COVID? Well, certainly there's going to be radical shifts due to COVID. There's new job, new types of jobs opening up all the time. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do believe that we're all going to be seeing that we're going to be having multiple different jobs, multiple different careers over right. our career path. Uh, that is not going to change because the world is changing so quickly. And the, what we need 
what we need in terms of specialties and people, what people are capable of doing, that will change and it should change. And I, I think people help themselves, career professionals help themselves by being aware that we live in this rear world. So you can kind of get ahead of it and keep skilling up if you need to skill up and looking around and see, never, ever, ever get complacent. So yes, I think we're going to keep seeing the world continue to change, restructuring happening. We're, um, and I do like to think that that opens up opportunities. I, I don't like when I see people lose their job, but I certainly know what to do to help them when they do. So I'm very happy to have launched First 30. I think that type of business will have a lot of potential in the future. I love for it. For sure. Amy, uh, yeah. 20 minutes go by way too fast. And I want to thank oh, you for is being... it? We're almost done? <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Uh, yeah. And I want yeah. to uh, thank you for being so generous with your time. I know how busy you are. Uh, and But before we leave, I have to ask the most important question. Three words that you would use to describe yourself. Well, I'll use two words and a phrase. Because in the book, I talk about an illuminate exercise where you figure out who you are and what you want to convey to the world. And at every single touch point, be that person. Um, so mine are, I'm strong, uh, I'm sincere. And if you know me, I make your life better. And those are the three things that I try, I am, and I try to convey every day at every touch point. Amy, thank you very, very much. This was very, very <laughs> insightful. Thank uh, you. And, and I look forward to definitely sharing this platform and, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, using it myself uh, to, to empower the people that I'll get to work with. And have a meaningful Great. experience for everybody, and uh, it's it's definitely something that's hugely relevant over the past over the past few months, especially. But but moving forward, and and the trajectory of the world, the workforce is going. It sounds like a right place, right time. So so thank you very much, and good luck. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed this, and all the best. Hey.